0: And welcome to this special edition of the Jazz Night Weekly podcast, the independent Rangers podcast, which is made by fans for fans. where the content is free, and as I said, it's a very special edition. It's a Friday night show. We're doing the preview for the Aberdeen game uh, over the weekend. Normally, we don't get out on a Friday night, but we're, we're free, and means we can have a, a beer. Uh, so we'll look at the Aberdeen game and a couple of other things Uh, if it's your first time joining us we would ask you to subscribe and put us out there on social media let everyone know that we're there Uh, we have over three and a half thousand subscribers now so thanks to everyone it's a very special edition it's a friday night Uh, we normally do the sunday night show which is available on a variety of platforms including acast itunes youtube Catchbox, stitcher and spotify but tonight we've taking the the cameras are on and we can see one another, uh, and it's all a bit weird and a bit new, and I'm joined by David Wren. David, how are you?
1: Good, I'm not as nervous as you, obviously, <laughs> uh, Colin's I'm, a bit, you know. Colin's a bit self-conscious, you know, he's getting a bit older.
0: That's it. I'm, too, I'm right?
1: the prime of my life, so. Uh. You look it, to be fair.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so we, it's uh, Friday night, what are you drinking? I'm on the Estrella. Yeah. I've got some sort of uh, wanky craft
1: beer. Craft have Have a nightmare. You're saying I'm nervous. No, um, no, I've got some some craft beer that I'm not going to. I'm not going to insult the common man by trying to explain it. What's it called? Oh, I don't want to talk about it. I shouldn't have said it was a craft beer. <laughs> now, I've got the beer now. I've got the craft beer. You know, you're picking I'm I'm all the boxes there. It's next week. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, you are ticking all the boxes, as we <laughs> said, but we'll not go into it. Is, is it not Hello Friday? Because we could call it Hello Hello Friday for, for the purposes yeah. of the podcast. It is, it is called Hello Friday. Um, and you're regretting yeah. it?
1: Uh, a wee bit now that you brought it up. I didn't know that <laughs> was going to be tough for come am I would I get some, I'd get a real man's beer, like a foster. <laughs> <like a> <laughs> can
0: of tenants. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so how's your week been? I, I believe you're now in East Lothian, so you're in tier two. You can, you can get a pint and
1: everything. I, I, don't know. I don't know, as of next week, we can. I think Tuesday when it kicks in, so we can, um, we can go for a meal and have a beer and go to a beer garden, you know, because it's good weather. <laughs> it's good weather. Aye, ah, yeah, aye, it's beer, it's beer garden weather, be I just find that, I found it quite weird, because for some reason I thought the pubs reopened in tier two, but... It's not as
0: as an know, just my main meal,
1: aye. So, uh, no, but good. I mean, it, I'm just hoping. I mean, I remember doing the, the podcast to you in what March, the Sunday night, and it was before yeah, we uh, were like, I don't know what's going to happen. It feels <laughs> like years ago now, so
0: I it, for me, it feels like years ago, but also feels quite quick as well. You know, what I mean, it's kind of yeah. fluent, but it's been a drag at the same time yeah. as it's all a bit strange. I'm in, I'm in tier three. Uh, and I'm surrounded, I am locked in uh, everywhere around me, is Tier 4, so go to the sort of east, Tier 4, Lanarkshire to the south and sort of west, Tier 4, Stirling to the north, Tier 4, so I am landlocked, I can't go anywhere, you know what I mean, and we're worried about everybody coming in uh, to get their hair cut and all that kind of thing, so yeah, aye, strange times. Anyway, with regards to tonight, I thought we would have a wee look at Obviously the game on Saturday, Sunday, David, you know, Aberdeen coming to Ibrox, big game, uh, we've just had internationals that I think we sort of looked at last week that none of us are really that bothered about you here in Jersey, Uh Firstly, I thought we'd talk about Claire White, uh, it was announced this week that she's going to leave her role as the compliance officer now. Uh, she's been in the role for about two years. Uh, she's been involved in a, a number of high profile incidents, especially surrounding Rangers. Stuart Robertson was quite critical of her uh, a couple of years ago, uh, you know, the whole trial by sports scene kind of thing. So I, I was kind of looking for your views on that. I mean, how do you view her time in the role? There's, there's, there's no doubt. When I mean, Stuart Robertson made these, these comments, I have to say I agreed with him. You know, Rangers did seem to be getting refereed to a different standard in terms of how many you know, call-ups and retrospective a action that was happening. So how did you view her sort of time
1: in the post? I think it's a difficult one for someone like her because she's not from a football background. So I don't think, I think she's from a legal background. So she's coming into that. And the trial by sports scene thing is quite interesting because probably there was an aspect of that. Not, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say so much sports scene itself, but I think the reaction to a lot of things in the media um, and, and the way that can be built up and it's not just up here it's, it's down south as well it's everywhere in the world when anything happens in a football game it's blown up to be something yeah completely yeah. beyond what it really is and yeah I mean for someone like I, I don't know if she's if she's got an interest in football if she is you know a football fan or not it doesn't matter she's brought in to do a job and she was always going I mean you know, that is the sort of job where no matter who you are you're on it, to nothing. And if it's true that they're not looking to replace her, that would not surprise me. Because what is the point in that job? It's just a an SFA sort of scapegoat, almost. You know, someone that will take the blame for making decisions like that when, you know, really it's. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I, I don't know if anything ends ret- retrospective action, but in, um, in a few cases over the past couple of years, I think it's gone against a few clubs and um, not just Rangers I think there's been a few that have been the victim of it I would have to really look back to see but we're not the only ones and I won't remember her I don't actually when I saw the agenda the first time I'd ever seen her was actually what she looked like when I looked her up um, just <laughs> after I saw the agenda so yeah you know she wouldn't leave a last in you know memory for me um I I mean it's the more interesting aspect for it, of it for me is the fact that they're not potentially looking at well if we're, led, we're led to believe they may not look at replacing it so what that means then for you know the 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 game in in retrospective action does it mean that the we'll then look at bringing something like VAR in maybe not anytime soon but it'd certainly help it would it would take away quite a lot of the grey areas with these sort of things
0: that's the sort of point, you know, I was I was going to make. You know, she is a kind of version of VAR, isn't she? She's, she's, she's someone that comes in and sort of corrects decisions that, you know, people think that the the, the referee got wrong. However, one thing I will say about, about her sort of time and post is I think she was, I think you've maybe got a point about her being on to nothing. I think, you know, people can trace connections between her and her firm that she worked for and Celtic and Peter Law and all that kind of thing. And then, so whether there's any substance in the the sort of feeling that she was she was biased in, in her dealings with Rangers and Celtic, you know that that's up for of debate. What it does do is it gives ground for supporters, because supporters will look for stuff like that. And I, I certainly think I certainly think Scott Brown got away with a few things that, that you know other players didn't. I think Rangers got a, a disproportionate amount of action taken against them during her time, in my opinion. And it it's, it did become a wee bit of a circus, and, and I think that's why Stuart Robertson felt the need need to comment. So I mean, on that, do do we need you know, given the last two years, I don't think her appointment, whether you want to blame her or not, you know, for 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 the purposes of fairness, you know, we'll we'll we'll, we'll, we'll not sort of accuse her of being you know biased one way or the other. But because there's been so many issues over the last couple of years, David, do we need someone like that? Is it if we can't afford VAR? And we're not going to have a compliance officer. Is it then just a case of, like let the referee referee the game and his decision is final?
1: Yeah, I mean, how many times in a season do we realistically need that retrospective action and someone looking at things beyond the the end of the game? You know, I can't think, I genuinely can't think of anything off the top of my head. (laughs) You maybe have to remind me of a couple of incidents that have been brought back, but I mean, certainly in this season, I can't think of any that have been...
0: No, she has been quite conspicuously quiet this year, which has maybe been in the build-up to this announcement today.
1: Yeah, I think um, yeah, <laughs> the, the problem in this country in terms of football is no matter where you're from or background you're from, what the situation is, there's always going to be fans from both clubs probably. They look for that link, and if that link, if there's a link between, you know, the compliance officer and Rangers or the compliance officer from Celtic, it was always going to be a bit of heat there. It's just the it's the nature of the mentality, I think, in in Scotland in terms of the old firm. So <laughs> I don't think it will be. It will have been a two years that Sheila particularly enjoyed as a job. She maybe took it, took it in good faith and then quickly regretted the decision. <laughs> um, I would have. I mean, I would have. I I'd, 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 can you think? I'd, wouldn't thank you for that job. That just sounds horrendous. I think
0: so. Do you think the best way forward now is just let the referees make the final call and then we move on after that?
1: I would. I would tend to say that just because. But then the problem is with this announcement. We've not had any controversy recently in terms of this sort of thing, and the only I know we're going to come on to George Jones and Edmondson, but it's been more things like that out with the actual games that the controversy has
0: arised? I, I think you raise a good point. And you know what I think the the, the main factor is not that there's no supporters on the ground. Mm-hmm. I think that has taken a lot of heat out of some of the refereeing decisions. I really do. Because I've seen I've seen incidents particularly involving Morelos, just wee niggly things that you think, if, the, if there was a, supporters in there, especially away from home at grounds like Potodra and Celtic Park, you know, the 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 home support are going to react, and then that makes the referee think, "Do I do something?" And if he doesn't do something, it makes them analyse it in sports scene and Sky Sports News, and then Claire White thinks, "Well, I've got to get involved here. I've got to take action." But because there's not been any supporters in there, I think that it's defused the whole thing. It, it really came home at the, the game at Celtic Park for me when we beat them two 0 there. Seventy minutes before the first yellow card. You know what I mean? I think that tells you everything that there, there is a certain amount of heat getting taken out of the games with no supporters being in
1: there. No, I completely agree. You know, it's one of the things. I mean, if you're a referee turning up at Ibrox on normal Saturday, you know, before this, when you the first you know the first fill you give against Rangers, you get fifty thousand people yeah. screaming at you, then uh, it's probably going to give you you know reason to think about the next decision you're going to make. Whereas maybe now they'll just. You know, given I don't want to say there was any reason why they wouldn't before, but I think a few fans screaming at you in that atmosphere at any old firm game, really, uh, whether it's between the two teams or any game of theirs, um, I think that's got to have an impact on the way you can perform as a referee. So, aye, I I completely agree. I think this season the fact there's been no fans there. It, 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 you know they've talked There's been a lot of talk about how it's affected the Rangers players, but in terms of referees, I mean, we've had a lot of penalties this season, and maybe that's just because there's not. Do you know? I don't know if that plays a part as well. It's just. Have, know, I, I also think it affects.
0: And, I think it affects the decision making of players as well. You know yeah. what I mean? I think if you've got fifty thousand fans telling you to do something. You have more chance that you'll do it, but if they're not there, you'll maybe evaluate that thing differently. And I do, I think, in, in every part of the game, from the referee to the players to the coaching and all that kind of stuff, you can see that no fans being in there does does make a difference. I think.
1: Well, definitely, and I think. I mean, we've spoken about it so many times, but there's no doubt. I mean, going to games, having like walked to the media and, and going to games as a reporter, you know, for six years. A lot of games that I would go to when I was working would be like analysing the game to write reports about the game, you know, afterwards. So even when I was going to IBROX as a fan, you know, it was quite difficult to get out of that mindset. So I would generally watch the game, but within two or three minutes, you know, you would get guys that were going off their heads. And yeah. listen, I, I have nothing against that. I think you pay your money. And as long as you're not completely all of order and, you know, going beyond the line, uh, you know, you're allowed to do what you like, but there's no doubt that some people were getting more frustrated, and I can understand. It. I mean, see, guys like like yourself, and like guys like my dad, who went and watched Loudrup and Gascoigne, and then you're turning up on the Saturday and you're seeing Kevin came up front. I understand it, and I think there's been a lot of blowback from that era because I, I, I mean, I grew up watching Ron de Boer, Navalazzi, watched three in a row under Walter Smith, and then. For the season ticket third division, so I get it as well, and I can see why there's probably a heightened anxiety at Ibrooks now among fans because it's like that, it's just frustration. And we all feel it, like some people just present it different ways. And I think, um, but that it's obvious that that not being there has had um, an impact on the players because the way they play I mean, that 8 0 against Hamilton that was just frightening. Um, and pretty much every game at Ibrooks this season, bar. A couple have been like that. have been pretty comfortable. Um, and the players have just looked like they're playing with a complete freedom. It's like a it's like a training game, which for us is good because we have the best players in the league, the best squad in the league in my opinion.
0: Uh,
1: other news this week, uh,
0: David, was the, the the stuff around Jordan Jones and Edmondson, you know, seven-game ban announced. Now... You know, when you're trolling sort of social media and looking at some of the reaction of supporters, I don't see much sympathy there for, for Jones and Emerson. I think most supporters uh, were pretty accepting of the seven-game ban. Gerald today, he, he I quite liked how Gerald, uh, Stevie Gerald, handled it today because it, it, it took on that sort of human aspect to the whole thing, saying almost as if you know they've done it, they've made a mistake. I've sat them down, I asked for, for an explanation. I like what they had to say. We now need to bury this. Let the boys you know, take their punishment and let's get them to a place where they're ready to play again. But do you think when they do come to play again, that'll be at Ibrooks or somewhere else? Uh, because it, I, I think for Jordan Jones, especially, he, he really is drinking in the sort of last chance saloon.
1: Yeah, I, I can't see him playing again, really, I think. He's not... I mean, Jones isn't going to be a first-named team, team sheet. You know, the game he started this season was at Fur part. And it was a... I think it was off the back of a European tie. If it wasn't, then, sorry. But there was certainly a bit of rotation going on there when he got in. But... He's not been in the squad for so long. There was obviously a reason behind that. And obviously part of it was what he did at Ibrox against Celtic last season. Guy's twenty six. You know, he's a year younger than me. Yeah, aye. He's got, I mean, that's, <clears throat> for me, that's, uh, it's too old to be making decisions like that when you're professional professional football. So many of us would give, like, what, you know, left leg to be in the position he's in. But I'm a slap in the face to people like us that go and pay with money every week. Um, even now, you know, buying... Or the Rangers TV and all that kind of stuff. So, I, I think, think it's, it's
0: actually worse now when you consider season ticket holders are paying for games mm-hmm. and they're not going to get access. You know, mm-hmm. you did. You know, that's a big commitment for supporters, and all you're asking for for your players is just to, to toe the line. So, I think it's even worse this year.
1: No, I think so. And for me, it's it's difficult because he hasn't been. In. So then, for him to come back, you know, you need he needed to get his head down and just. Sort himself out, and unfortunately, to do something like that in the public sphere, which actually we've spoken about this again in the podcast. I've got no sympathy. We spoke about it actually when I think we were on when just after the Aberdeen thing and the Celtic player at the time. And at that time, I mean, I said I've no sympathy for them. So it makes just them being Rangers players makes me even more, you know, pissed off about it because. We have, we've got a pretty good record in terms of this sort of response to COVID-19. So for them to do something as stupid as that, uh, I can't see a way back for Jones Edmondson. I, I'm not a massive fan anyway. I think he's okay, but I think he's probably Hibs, Aberdeen level, perhaps. I don't think he's really Rangers level. If you think Katic is due to come back, you know, Maybe in the next few months, then that would give you Katic, Balgan, Hollander Goldson. Does he is he better any of them? I don't think so. So I think both of them are. Yeah, I'd be surprised if they don't either leave, you know, permanently in January or go on loan or or something. Because I just can't see the way back. Um, now especially for it to be fringe players. If it'd been a someone that played week in week out. Then you could, maybe I said, well, he's performed, you know, a mistake. These guys are, you know, fringe players who most of their energy should be fixed on getting in the team, not, you know, going to illegal parties. You Whose know. parties? Yeah. I mean,
0: <laughs> well, my boy's 15 and he's going to a gaff. you know what I mean? So what's Jordan Jones is about 11 years older and he's still doing the same thing. Aye, it is. It's poor. I'm, I'm like you. I, I think Jones has... has, uh, has Pushed, pushed too far on this, and I, it, it, it's it's a bit of a shame because you know that goal at Motherwell, there was wee signs that he'd maybe turned a corner and was maybe going to make a fist at it in terms of trying to save his Rangers career, because I think there was already a feeling that, that, that he was on the way out. And after that day at Motherwell, you thought, oh, wee chance here. And the minute I read that, you know that he'd, he'd been involved in that. I was just like, well, that's him. I can't see any way back. I think it will take a a superhuman effort for him to get back in. Edmondson, you know, I I hear what you're saying in terms of Nobin Rangers class, but I think he's a good squad player. And, you know, I think there could be room for him in that capacity. But again, I think he will need to show a lot. I mean, they couldn't have done it in the worst time, you know, like six, seven weeks before a, a transfer window opens up. You know, it's very, very easy. To, to, to get them moved
1: on as your cat came into the room. Yeah, it's, it's the dog. She's just <laughs> yeah, she's in a bit. That's the problem with the the cameras being on, you see. <laughs> yeah, the outtakes. <laughs> um, uh, in, in terms of
0: this, I mean, Seven Games was quite severe based on, you know, some of the other punishments that went out, you know, you think about the Aberdeen 8 and, and, and Golly. I mean, Golly went to another country, never let on and actually played and could have really mm-hmm you know, infected a few people. Is there consistency there or are you know bothered with that? Or do you think do you think there's a, a line being sort of drawn today and saying anyone who does it from here on in, this is a sort of level of punishment you could be looking at? I
1: would I would increase it as time went on. I think it's actually not a bad way of doing it because you know, whatever they got, I think I can't remember I read it yesterday, but you know what they got and then that's like, that was, how many months ago was that now? Was that August? So, yeah, no. a few months ago. So then for them to do it three months later, four months later, you know, I think you, you've just got to take your medicine. <laughs> you know, I don't, I, I haven't, I've got no complaints about the ban. I think it's, I think it's fine. I think you've got to show. Um, that you're taking it seriously. And you saw that with the Rangers statement last night as well. I mean, there was no complaints at all there. So, uh, nah, I don't really get involved in those sort of conspiracy theory type things where you're talking about, you know, but what what about it? There's nothing worse. So, nah, no complaints about that. And I think you've got to um, make examples of them. And I think that's what they've, what they've done there.
0: Now on the game on uh, Sunday, David Aberdeen at Ibrooks obviously we, we beat them the first game of the season at Pitodre. It was a fairly a fairly odd experience, if, if if I'm honest for myself. Me and me and my boy sat and watched it in the living room and you know normally games at Pitodre are quite tense and you're nervous and it, it just didn't feel like that that day. And again, that's partly because of the no supporter thing. But they've kicked on since then, you know, they 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 genuinely have. Sorry, I've got a wee bit of <laughs> <laughs> Beer burp there. Uh, <laughs> how, how rude! Uh, so the, the, they've, they've kind of kicked on a wee bit. They're on a good run of form in terms of the form table. They're now they're sitting second behind us. Uh, Celtic are sitting in third. I think they've the last six games of I think they've won four and drawn two. Looking at Stephen Gerrard today in his press conference, he described it uh, as a as a tough challenge. Now again, getting into the conspiracy theory side of thing, given that you know, for some reason the Rangers game has been chosen to be televised and put to the Sunday and Celtic are on uh, the Saturday at three o'clock. So if they win at Easter Road, you know, they close the gap in as a wee bit. So how important uh, is it to get a good result and how tough do you think it, uh, a game it will be?
1: I think it'll be hard. It'll be like every other, um, you know, Aberdeen game, I think. They're always difficult. Um, can McCroney play on Sunday? No. no. Well, that's, no. A, that's a positive uh, for us. So I think he's been doing well. But, you know, you look at the team, I'm just looking at who played against uh, Hibbs last time out. You know, Considine, Ash Taylor, decent centre-halves. And you've got Lewis Ferguson, obviously. Um, you've got the boy Wright, who's doing well. Uh, Cosgrove's obviously back. Devlin, they've got Devlin in the bench. You know, McGinn on the bench for the last game. Um, I think they've got a good squad this season. I think that... Um, I think they'll pose a threat, but I'm pretty confident that we can beat anyone at the moment. Really, I think the way we're playing, we're, we're in good shape, and there's really no games that are coming up in touch with that um, I'm concerned about. But I think it will be a good game. I'm looking forward to it. I think it's a great way to to come back well, off a what has been a pretty positive, you know, international break just in terms of the field. I know we're not going to cover all ground, but in terms of the Scotland thing and all that, it's been a relatively positive time in the country. So for us to come back to a big game like this is good. It wouldn't have been as good if we were coming back to, you know, Hamilton at home or Livingston at home. So to come back to a big game, it's maybe what the players need. uh, And we'll be fresh. I mean, the majority of our squad will be fresh, I think. Uh, So... Looking forward to it, but I think yeah, I think it will pose a threat. The fact McCrory not playing as good for us because I think he's been he's done well for them so far. Um, but they've still got a lot of threats in there, Ferguson and, and Cosgrove being the main ones. So yeah, no, I'm looking forward to the game.
0: In terms of what you're saying there, you know we'll, we'll be fresh now. The Rangers have eleven players coming back eh, from an international duty. I've got the list of them here: eh, Morelos, eh, Borna Barisic. Uh, Kamara, Joe Aribo and Balogun, Stephen Davis, who obviously was away with Northern Ireland and I, I would be surprised to see him on Sunday given, you know, he had to pull out the squad for personal reasons. Uh, Haji was away with uh, the under-21s, and John McLaughlin and Ryan Jack were away with Scotland. So, you know, and, and Zungu was away with South Africa and, and according to Jenna today, he's picked up a knock. Holander was away and all of them uh, all of them got minutes, you know. Uh, in Stephen yeah. Davis's case, you know, he played the 120 minutes in, in that game on—I on, think it was Wednesday night. So, will this? Do you think this will affect Gerard's decision making in terms of the, the starting eleven? For example, you know, uh, Eaton was near away, uh, Roof was near way, you know, Ken. Are, are you pretty much looking at those three and thinking, well, that's probably your starting three because those will be the, the, the freshest.
1: Yeah, potentially, I think. Well, I'd be surprised if Morellas didn't start on, on Sunday, just given the game and the magnitude, and they quite likes playing against Saturday. But, um, I mean, I, I think, well, when you look at midfield three, the likelihood is that Jack and Kamara will probably play, because Davis won't be available. So, <clears throat> I don't know. I don't know if it will affect his decision-making so much, because most of them would have been back on Thursday or Friday. So that's that's quite a lot of time for a Sunday game you know ordinarily you'd be coming back from uh, you know Portugal or Holland or where else would we be in this season um, uh, Belgium so was it Belgium? the Edge. yeah right um, so ordinarily would be coming back in transit on a Thursday night from their games to play on a Sunday so I'd be surprised if it, if it had a major impact. For Sunday, I would look I would look to play Midellas as possible. Um, so I think he suits that. He's the most physical of the strikers in terms of competing with, you know, Considine and, and Ash Taylor at the back uh, for Aberdeen. So I'd like to see him play. I think you'll likely see Kent. And the right-hand side, the right-hand side for me has been one of the most difficult uh, positions for us,
0: you know, to actually get right. Um, but perhaps a rewall player. Was Evo way as well? He was, yeah. But perhaps... He I was, I, I, they provided an update on the Rangers website today and, and pretty much everyone got minutes here or there. Uh, I think Zungo. I, I, I would be surprised to see him at all. Mm. Uh, apparently he's got a knock in his knee. Uh, I, I slightly disagree with you. I, I think, I mean, Morelos has done a bit of travelling and I just wonder if Rangers will want to avoid getting into that physical battle that Morelos brings. I I wonder if they'll maybe go a different route. And I think Roof just looks like he's ready to kick on. You know what I mean? He looks... I think we've signed a really good player there and I hope I'm right because there there, there are signs there that we've, we've got a good one. So... We'll see. We'll see on Sunday, but I, 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 think the amount of traveling that he's done. I think Narellas. I think he might start on the bench. On to Aberdeen, now, now as we said earlier on, they're, they're on a decent run of form. David, uh, the personnel, as we said earlier on, is going to be slightly different. There's, there's no Ross McCrory, obviously tomorrow, but as you said, you know, Lewis Ferguson will be there. But I, I sort of wanted to focus on Sam Cosgrove because he wasn't there in the first game, uh, and 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 Ryan Jack made a sort of an interesting comment today about you know that the. the Aberdeen would pose threats at set pieces and stuff like that, and he would certainly come into that bracket. So do you think he brings a, a sort of different dimension to, to the sort of Aberdeen team we faced on the first day of the season, and a different threat and possibly a greater threat?
1: I think along with Kevin Nisbet, you'd probably say he was, you know, um, one of the best strikers in the league outside of the old firm, so he's going to pose a threat. He has done in the past against us, He scored goals, uh, more at Thordry than Ibrox, but he's a good he's a good player. Um he's a good striker, handful. But Goldson and, and Balligan, Goldson and Hollander have dealt with um, you know, other big strikers this season and dealt with them well. So uh I think it's gonna be interesting. We I don't know what you think about this, but <clears throat> based on, you know, Balogun played the last game, but that performance from Hollander and uh Portugal I just, I just wonder if that would be playing on Gerald's mind now, in terms of that one game, considering the mistake, <clears throat> sorry, the mistakes he made in the game. I don't know if that will affect his think, thought process for the rest of the season in terms of who partners Goldson.
0: It might, yeah. I think he could be onto something. I also think Balogun, physically, looks like he would be more able to handle someone like Cosgrove. Uh, I'm I'm like you. I've got a feeling Balogun might start on on Sunday. You know, given that it's Cosgrove that we're facing, I suppose time will tell. But uh, yeah, I, th- I think you might have a point. I mean, I, I think hollander has been outstanding this season. I have to I have to say that. Uh, and and if nine times out of ten, if you were to offer me the two, I would I would probably go with, H- with Hollander most times. Aye, but he, he did kind of get himself in a bit of a flap uh, in that game against Benfica. I, I think. I think Cosgrove maybe represents the type of striker that he's maybe not done so well against. You know, London Dykes gave Hollander a hard time at Lovie a couple of times. So, yeah, I I have a feeling he'll go with Balogun. But I suppose we'll find out. Conscious of time, David, and, you know, Friday night, and we all want to get back to what we do on a Friday night. So I'll just ask you, how how, how do you feel about Sunday? Do you think it'll be a, a good result and do you think we'll get the win?
1: Yeah, I think it'll probably be two 0 That's what I'll go for. Two 0 um,
0: So we're keeping we're keeping the no the no conceding thing going there.
1: Yeah, I think so. Um, can't see his conceding again. Touch wood, but uh, no, confident. I thought I'm confident in most games now. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to the game. Looking forward to Rangers being back in action. That'll be good. Um, just before we go off, Bearcon, we've been meaning to to say this for weeks, and we, oh, I, don't think, I don't think we have. <clears throat> no, it's not a joke. Um, but every single week we post the podcast on social media. I, I know where you're going with us, and, and it's long overdue. And every single week, a certain Dave Christie gets in touch and tells us how much he's enjoying it. So just publicly and on the podcast, I hope he doesn't blush too much, but just a thank you to him from I think everyone at Gelsnet for his support and the fact that every week without fail, I think we all wait for it every Monday morning. <laughs> uh, I, thought, I thought I'd say that. Uh, yeah, I think, I, I, I,
0: I, sorry, on you go,
1: on you go. No, just before we go off here, I think I, I thought I'd say that. But same goes for everyone that gets in touch. And, you know, we do appreciate it. And this is obviously quite a big night for us in terms of changes and things like that. So um, I think just thanks to everyone that's been listening over the past year or two years. Um, much appreciated.
0: Yeah, and as you say, David, it's long overdue. I know we talked about it on the WhatsApp for about the past three or four weeks to sort of give him a mention, and we've just, uh, you know, one thing or another, we keep on forgetting. So, yeah, absolutely. Every Monday, and it's normally around the same time, he must have a routine. <laughs> you know, like 9 o'clock, he sticks the podcast on, and then at 10 o'clock, he's on the Twitter, Thank us for it. Uh, it's remarkable loyalty, and uh, as, as David said there, it's much appreciated. should point out tonight as well, before we go, that the, the annual reporting accounts, Rangers have released their annual reporting accounts tonight, and there's a, there's a, a thing on the website, uh, and a bit of a blurb from Park around, you know, what's happening. We'll look at that more on Sunday night. David is hosting on Sunday night, uh, so we'll have a wee look at that on Sunday night and go into uh, more detail. It came out just a wee bit too quick for us to comment more here. Uh, so we'll talk about that on Sunday. So going on to Sunday, we've got the game against Aberdeen on Sunday night. There'll be a the live show. David's hosting, uh, and it's myself uh, and Stevie Clifford from the Four Lads blog who will be joining us. We'll have a preview pod next week as well for the Benfica game. And then obviously we'll have the Sunday show again. The Friday show, we'll, 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 fit these in as and when we can, you know, based on the, the schedule and, and what the fixtures look like. But we hope you've enjoyed it. We hope you enjoy the new look and the, the bar that's below us. It all looks a bit sky sportsy. Uh, I feel like Richard Keys and he's sitting there like Charlie Nicholas. <laughs> so yeah thanks for listening in thanks for watching big thanks to David for giving up his Friday night and a big thanks to Frankie for giving up his Friday night he's in the background working all the mechanics to this stuff just now so a big thanks to him join us on Sunday at half nine at the usual time Uh, subscribe if you can and as I always say uh, in these sort of strange time guys obviously we've all went into our new tiers tonight I'm in tier three David over there can go for a pint tomorrow he's main meal in tier two Wherever you are, be safe, look after yourself. Uh, Until the next time, bye for now.